I think once VR gets to the point where it's less giant box on your face, people are going to be more open to using it. When I quit my job, I used to work at a law firm and I quit and I started working at Seed Phrase. And I tried to explain it to my mom and she was like, are you going to go to jail? Like, is this illegal? <laughs> are you stealing money? No, no, no. Alright, we are live again and welcome back Seafrace family. As always, make sure to drop a like, leave a comment, share the video, and never share your Seafrace. We're back at it again. Today we got a special guest, Joey. Joey has a pretty, well, Joey has a really good resume, not a pretty good. He has a really good resume, honestly, and if I wasn't in the crypto and marketing space, I'd probably want to take the route Joey took in the fashion space. He's worked with brands like Reebok, obviously worked with Kanye, uh, has some really, really cool footwear that we're going to be talking about, and he's done a lot of incredible stuff over the short lifespan of the NFT space. So I'm excited to dive right into it. Joey, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? Good, good, man. How's, uh, how's crypto treating you nowadays? Um, you know, what's interesting right now, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of the work over the past year, but, uh, it was, it was treating me really nice. Uh, it was treating me really nice last year as it was a lot of people. <laughs> of course. Yeah. The euphoria is pretty much over now. It's like the boring times where all us, uh, crypto nerds here just get to talk to each other until there's more new people coming into the space. Yeah, definitely. We're, we've hit a lull with crypto and NFTs, but what I think is really cool is that you're still building. Um, I saw that you have, I think it's called Melon. Is that what it's called? The Melon um, brand. Is that an NFT only or physical product only brand? So it's going to be both. Uh, so we're like, we're launching that brand in hopefully October or like early November. Um, it's gonna we're gonna like launch it as like an uh, an NFT project with all like this whole bunch of like uh, one of one uh, digital like concept art based on the footwear we've been designing and then that'll that like whole NFT will act as like like a melon like membership for like kind of forever type of deal um, and then it'll get you a, a pair of 3D printed shoes and then uh, just uh, to get more. Um, reaching like a lot of our consumers in the, that are like traditional sneaker heads and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're going to also just have those like shoes available that you can like just order like normally how you would normally order a pair of shoes. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be kind of a, a mix of NFT and, and, uh, and physical footwear. That's dope. I think most NFT projects fail in that regard where they can't figure out how to bring online offline. Um, and you do a great job of bridging that. And I think your designs are super fucking cool. I mean, obviously, I'm not the first to say it because you worked with Kanye because he saw your designs and wanted to work with you immediately. Um, but your designs are like super structural, almost like architectural. Where do you get your inspiration for those styles? Because I haven't seen anything like that. Like I think on your NFT collection, Gravity Footwear. Um, you had one shoe that was inspired by like the cyber truck, right? Like, I think that's sick, <laughs> and you don't see that anywhere in the space in fashion and in NFTs. Um, so I'm wondering like where you got your inspiration. Yeah. So especially in that collection that you're talking about, there was a lot of like the, the Tesla truck inspired one. And like, there was one that was just like, uh, there's one that was just like a bunch of bubbles, like in the shape of like a foot. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just uh, those, those were kind of just like pulling in any inspiration I could and like kind of taking a more literal take on the inspiration instead of like translating it. So I could have these like crazier concepts and stuff. So I was able to still uh, keep posting on Instagram because at the time I was working at Reebok and I can't share a lot of my work, but I like to keep my page going and I like to, um, you know, use it as like a, a living sort of like portfolio and find work and stuff like that. So it was keeping me able to like keep posting stuff. If it was like super conceptual, uh, like footwear stuff that they couldn't really link back to like actual work that I was doing, uh, for the brand. But yeah, so, sorry, just to add on, I guess, um, I, I do take some inspiration from like some like modern architecture and stuff like that, but a lot of it is just like, really organic forms and nature and all that kind of stuff too. So there's a, there's a bit of both depends on the project. Oh yeah. 
I want to talk more about Gravity Footwear. So obviously it's a sold out collection. It was featured on an OpenSea front page. It's done close to 100,000 secondary volume, right? So a lot of secondary volume and demand. And then the floor price is at almost around $4,500 USD. So as a creator, as a first time creator in the space, how does that make you feel? And what kind of have you learned from this journey so far? It was crazy and it was um it was kind of unbelievable because uh that was um beginning of 2021 i believe when i started posting in that, that collection i was just like once a week i was posting a new a new nft in that collection a day for 25 days straight end up getting up to like 30 i think um and that first one sold immediately for like one ethereum and i was like holy shit this is nuts and like because <laughs> like I was like, well, first of all, I've never sold a shoe in real life, let alone a, a concept of a shoe for, you know, four times as much as a shoe would normally cost. But um, so over time that like that collection, it was after that first one, I think like a, a friend of mine bought another one. And then after that, it was like 20 weeks of just nothing. And then once OpenSea picked it up and put on their homepage, more people saw it and then people, it sold out immediately. But I think what it, what I learned from the whole thing, because I, I treated the thing as an experiment. I didn't know much about NFTs. I, someone told me I should sell my these three concepts um, as NFTs, as NFT like art. Um, so it was kind of an experiment. But I think what I learned from it was like I have ideas that people are actually interested in, although maybe not in the traditional footwear world. There could be like a meeting of those two things, and this NFT world is like opening up to. Uh, uh, a new thing where people are open to buying these these more digital concepts and these art things that don't have to be manufactured or, or produced or anything like that. Um, and just kind of opened my mind up to having more freedom as a designer and an artist. And obviously when a project like that is successful, it also like allows you to be more, have more freedom and do things like start a brand and freelance and stuff where I have more freedom over my, my work and I don't have to always uh, cater my work or portfolio to whatever next brand I want to kind of work for. Yeah, definitely. So I want to go more into the fashion side of it. Um, so like, let's say like Alexander McQueen, he's had some really like, uh, edgy state of the art designs and concepts. He really pushed the box, like with that fashion show, I think it was Voss 2001 spring, summer, at the end of the, the runway show, he had a model in a glass cage hooked up to some tubes with like flowers and butterflies glued to the model. The model was pregnant, by the way. And um, at the end of the show, the glass case falls and all the glass shatters. And it's like this super futuristic um, experience, something that's never been done before in a fashion show. So for you, when you're incorporating NFT design, Web3 virtual design, do you have a, a long-term vision to take that into a more immersive experience, like a fashion, a virtual fashion show, or incorporate like AR into a real-life fashion show? Yeah, um, I haven't thought a bunch about, or I haven't worked a bunch on like the AR side of things, but we definitely like, you know, because the the brand that. Uh, me uh, uh we started melon it's it's with another designer as well finrush taylor who's like an amazing designer and um we definitely like have a huge focus on like real world stuff and real footwear and obviously 3d printed footwear um and so we definitely will like be wanting to create I and mean, now we like starting in football we, we definitely want to create like full-on experiences and maybe it's a, an experience like um like with melon and it's like an event or something like that and maybe not a traditional fashion show or whatever but right. um, we definitely want to open things up to like apparel or accessories and stuff like that too at some point um but yeah like i think it'd be cool to have because it's such a a crazy like futuristic like innovative uh style and space like i think it'd be cool to have that uh bring get, like have the um the shoe like be able to live in an ex like an experience like an yeah. actual like in-person experience that it kind of fits the vibe of that shoe uh and that goes along with like storytelling and branding and stuff so as we as we like build out like the the brand story and like it gets connected with consumers more we'll be able to like create those kind of spaces and, and stuff like that for sure so you plan on bringing the shoes that you have like nfts like the concept designs and it's like an in real form like that actual people could wear like in real life like based on so what you've done 
Yeah, so some of those are like just so ridiculous that you just can't, they just won't translate obviously to real life or comfortability or wearability at all. Um, but some of the, um, yeah, so like, but so a lot of the stuff we post is just like concepts and, and renderings and stuff like that. And so we're, we're working on translating like, you know, two or three of those at the moment um, to be like wearable and functional and comfortable and all that stuff. And, and 3D printing is allowing us to like get more conceptual. So it'll have, you know, it, it should have more features and, and stuff like that, that we can execute that we normally wouldn't be able to with like, uh, well, you normally would be able to with traditional footwear constructions, but it's, you know, typically more like expensive and stuff like that. So, yeah. Joe, you remember like back in, I think it was late 2020 or early 2021 when Nike bought out artifacts, right? Like, that was one of the biggest headlines. And I remember, I think right even a little bit before that artifact had sold like a few million dollars in shoes of just NFTs, right? And I remember going through on Instagram and like you look at their social media content and it was all just like super futuristic shoes that change colors and they have keys and it like seemed so crazy and so far-fetched that it would never happen. But now you look at it, it's like they're actually producing some of these things. So for you, as you're kind of like designing and building do you focus on like, hey, maybe this is something possible or not possible a year, two, three from now? Or are you just kind of designing and allowing, you know, your creativity to, to take you through the process and then hopefully one day be able to bring it to life? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the approach I took with some of the, the gravity footwear stuff, like designing stuff I know can't be made. Maybe some of it and some of it like will never it just won't make sense. But um, some of it I'm like, OK, maybe in like if this type of technology takes off, it'll happen. So like, I kind of like will design in that way so that later, maybe I can go back to those designs and have those and not let my, like, while I'm designing it, not let that, that like workflow be too constrained by limitations. Um, it, it, it's, it's, I've kind of like find that it, it makes it tough sometimes to like, uh, design a shoe if you're constantly thinking about every single restriction because then you're drawing these like super like tight lines and exactly what it needs to be and you can't get expressive with it and um and also just designing in vr like which is how i 3d model a lot of these like um that also allows like a whole new like way of workflow and like the creative creativity just like freaking like sky skyrocketed after like learning how to 3d model in virtual reality which is a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, how, long did it take you? how long did it take you to like learn how to do that? Uh, I started in twenty uh, end of twenty nineteen. So like, uh, really like really sick designer at, at Reebok, uh, Brian, who was like one of my mentors there. Um, he was like super into the VR stuff and was always trying to get people on board and like used it uh, when he could at work and. And just like had these crazy experiments. And so he, he introduced me to it um, in end of 2019. And then when we went on lockdown, I borrowed one of the headsets from the office and I had it and there's all the free time in the world to like mess around with it um, with like no distractions. So that was, and that was when I made a lot of those concepts that ended up being the gravity footwear uh, collection. But yeah, so like that 20, 2020 was like the, I just had so much time to like experiment with uh, the 3D modeling. And how long does that typically take you when you could put on the VR headset and you're designing your shoe, like from start to finish, how long does that just take to just complete? I mean, it, it depends on like what I'm doing. Cause like right now I'm doing, using it a lot to like actually make like semi precisely model something that I want to actually make and manufacture that's real. So it's a bit more time consuming on that end. Um, and a lot of like iterations and versions of that. But like, if I wanted to go in and make some crazy, like sculptural form that looks like a, uh, um, looks like a shoe, but like uh, inspired by what, you know, whatever, some architectural building or whatever that, you know, I could go in there and make something that that's visually like 3d and ready to render or, or print even like in a half hour to an hour or so. Um, it might not be as refined or precise, but like, I mean, you can start, you can go like, you can just go like that with your arm and you have a 3D printable piece of like whatever, you know, if it's still like a, a stroke or whatever, like it, it's crazy how fast you can make stuff in there that's uh, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to something you said, Mel, that I completely disagree with. 
Um, I think Artifact, their shoes were weak. They're not innovative. They look like they look like Air Force Ones, but like they're like, all right, we'll just make crazier designs on them. Like, sick, cool. This is what frustrates me with Web3 and stuff. Like, when Prada did their capsule NFT collection, like, there's no innovation. They're just taking the same things they would make in real life and throwing it into an NFT or into the metaverse. When, in reality, the technology allows you to create things that, like, fucking Joey is making, which is, like, not bound by anything. Like, you can create whatever you want to imagine. And no one's really taking advantage of that technology, in my opinion, the way it creatively should be. So I guess my question to you is, like, since you've been working in huge institutions like Reebok, um, what is the response of, like, more institutional players to, like, VR web three nfts in terms of fashion like are they responsive to it and want to work with it or they want to keep it like classically trained the way they do normally um yeah i mean there's some brands are a bit more open to it and especially now they're like really into it uh from like the vr side uh, of creation but like for the most part most you know most designers still even are like uh uh, using Illustrator and like sketching and all that kind of stuff. And because uh, it's just because of the bulk of the product that those like yeah. brands are making is like, it just, it's, it's a faster workflow still. Like when you're doing, you know, if you're on like a futures team or like an innovation type thing, it make it, that's when they're getting more open to that kind of stuff because it's introducing a new create, a, a creation process that'll uh, then open to new ideas. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I know you're, I also know what you're saying about like the, where they're just taking air force one and like slapping like rocket ships and yeah. and wings and all this stuff. But like, it, um, I mean, there's people that, that like, that are appreciating that stuff too. And I, but I also think like, that's just a lot of these brands first like attempt and first shot and at this, this space. And like, I mean, Nike's gotta be working on crazy stuff. Like who, like they gotta be, I just can't imagine what they're, they have like, in the chamber ready to go for like physical shoes and digital stuff and like gaming and all. I, I'm sure they're all working on crazy. I mean, stuff. they had Air Max like from back in the future, right? Like those yeah. Air Max are literally classics, like self-lacing yeah. shoes. Like that was before the metaverse was even a thing. That was before NFTs. So, like, yeah, you can you can say like, yeah, they're recreating like Web two things, but at the same time, it's like you got to think about the masses. Even Joey said it, right? It's like the design process for something that you can actually wear is probably so hard that creating a levitating shoe with flying snakes and bubbles is probably not something, you know, you can actually wear and manufacture out of masses. So uh, you you have to appreciate, you have to appreciate what they're already doing because I feel like, I mean, you can correct me here, Joey, but if Artifact didn't do what they did, you probably were less motivated to design, design online maybe. Like, do you see it that way in terms of like them leading the way in the design niche specifically in the metaverse? Um. I don't know, cause, like, I mean, I'm definitely like paying a lot of attention to what they're doing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, not necessarily from design wise. I try to, um, well, for one, it's just like not my style, and like, I, I'm not like the the biggest fan of like all the the stuff, like, um, either like the aesthetics and all that, whatever. But uh, and the idea of take, like, I mean, taking like a, a, a recognizable model, like an Air Force One and like adding stuff to it or redesigning it, like in that way, it makes sense. Cause it's, it, it makes sense for the brand, but it's, again, it's not, maybe not a, in, super innovative, like you were saying. Um, but from my perspective, I'm more interested to see what they do as a whole with like, you know, whatever the metaverse ends up being or their NFT, like, um, value and all that kind of stuff but but as a designer i really try it's almost impossible now but because of instagram but i really try to like avoid looking at other brands for design and inspiration and stuff like that just because like then you start accidentally recreating things even if you're not trying to um there's a lot of like subconscious like just like you you saw something online and you start sketching you have that cool idea and you're like oh i just i just like <laughs> recreated something i saw yesterday something so yeah, I, I try to like stay out of footwear for inspiration. So what do you think would be like the main catalyst for, you know, creators like yourself and other creators to come into like the, you know, virtual reality space and creating like footwear and clothing? Like, what do you think is going to be drawing the masses in? Like, What would be that catalyst? Um, I think 
I think the the freedom that it gives you as a designer and like like not only a creative freedom but like uh freedom to like be able to make like prototype faster because you can make things in 3D faster and normally you need like a whole manufacturing team and a printer and all that stuff. Um and uh I think I think it's so it's I think it's a combination of things that are just like all aligning like like the like virtual creation and metaverses and stuff where you can sell things that you don't have to worry about making and then you can support yourself as like a an earlier designer and until you can build up something then you can start bringing real product and and then 3D printing aligning and all that um, and then like so like, I guess there's like all these things like the metaverse and then like designers being being able to build their own audiences too online too and it's like okay well I have the audience I have the ideas now I can create them and now I can 3D print them too or even sell them in uh, as NFTs in a metaverse. Like there's, it's just a lot more, a lot more freedom and like opportunities, I think to, um, if, if you're a designer that is getting more frustrated with the constraints of working at a brand, uh, you can, I think there's more, it opens up a, a world for like more freedom, I think. Yeah, I agree. And in terms of ownership, like you don't need to go to an institution and be like, these are my designs they are my ideas. Let's use your resources you have more power in that side of production. Um, I'm wondering, like, what do you see common use cases for VR in fashion? Like, are you an anomaly? Are you a niche? Or do you think it can become something that's more regular? Um, it's it's kind of niche now. There's a lot there's a lot more people, I think, than you see that are actually using it uh, designer-wise and in fashion. Um, but it's still like super niche relatively. I think, I think, um, once, I think once VR gets to the point where it's less like a giant box on your face, people are going to be more open to using it. And I think the, you know, all the leaked images you see of the Oculus or whatever, the new meta Mm -hmm. quest, whatever they're calling it. Um, it seems like it's a bit more like that Zuckerberg post. You can see his face underneath it. It's not like pressed against his face. I think that looks like it's like a step in the right direction. Um, but sorry, did I answer your question? For yeah, you I, feel like I was going to say something else on that. No, you're good. I, now I'm thinking about like, so since you use, you use Oculus, right? Yeah, I use the, the Oculus. Uh, How plus. long can you keep that on? Like, is it comfortable to use? Yeah, I, uh, it's not too bad. It's, um, like it's pretty lightweight if that's what you're asking. Like it doesn't like weigh on your neck or something like uh-huh. that much. But you start like getting your eyes start getting tired and you're like you start getting like I don't know. It just it's it's not and you st- like it's all pressed up against your face, so it is uncomfortable after like an hour. Mm-hmm. I usually don't go in more than an hour at a time, but sometimes I just have stuff I got to get done and just right. just stuck in there. So yeah. So you're saying you're a, you're you're a, you're a pioneer. You were that's what I could define you as. You're a pioneer in this space, you know, creating, you know, footwear apparel in just a virtual way. I mean, not too many people are doing this. Um and you said, you know, that we're kind of new to this, so this is like either your niche or you're not in this space. How, what give me like in your opinion in amount of years like do you think that this will start to become more mainstream like in your eyes like, you know, because you're you're in the industry, you're in the space. When do you really see that more creators like yourself will be making this like just a main staple. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, I think it's going to depend on like what this next VR headset or even what Apple brings or what other companies bring to like, uh, with the headset in, in the like mixed reality sense, because I think that's, I, so I would guess in the next, like a couple of the, I mean, in a couple of years or five years or so, maybe like, it'll be a lot more prevalent. Like there'll be like in a design studio, there'll be like a rack of headsets that you can grab to like work on and stuff like that right now. Like, I mean, at the time at Reebok, which is a, a, when I first started using the headsets, they had four in the office. Um, but no one really used them except for a couple of people. Um, but I think, I think once it becomes more like mixed reality where like you can see your, you know, I can see my desk and see what I'm working on sort of thing because I think that's what will um turns off turns off uh turns people off from it is because like you're in an office but now you're like everyone can see you but you can't see anything going on you might might be bumping into things or whatever or you want to reference a sketch and I know you can bring in a sketch but like maybe I just want to look at my computer screen and my desk and all this stuff while I'm working so I think like I think whenever that happens that's when it'll become more 
mainstream and, and designers workflow. Yeah, I want to see us get to the point where it's like you don't have to put anything on, but like the desk is the actual VR and you're like using your hands to make shit like that's that's the next level. So, Joey, let me ask you how much and maybe it hasn't changed at all, but I guess opportunity and career wise, how much has life changed before and after you did the NFT project, obviously, and you got the recognition that you got? Yeah, I mean, a lot <laughs> like that because that project allowed me to um, it allowed me to have freedom to leave Reebok. It gave me a lot more, you know, attention for work, obviously, to be able to get freelance work. It got I don't know what exactly got the attention, whether it was some older post or whatever on my Instagram, but it got the attention of of Kanye, which is insane. And like to be able to work with him even just for a short bit, like that's incredibly like life-changing just from a creative like perspective to be able to like tap into that um that creative mind um and then yeah i mean there's there's some other things that are like gonna be like i can't speak on but happening soon that's like uh related to like the the vr stuff where it's just like i don't know how this is how this ever happened or why it happened because i'm a designer or whatever but like it's yeah, it's, it's opened a lot of doors. It's insane. <laughs> That's awesome. I can I can tell the joy like when you talk about it. What would you tell like people? Because I mean, like especially, especially Boston, like me personally, I really can probably count on one hand the amount of people I know that are even like have any type of knowledge in crypto and Web3. So it's like, what's kind of your message to like everybody who's like, what is metaverse? What is this Web3? Like, stop wasting your time there. It's It's a scam, right? So it's like, how do you approach that? Yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm sure you guys talk about this all the time, but I, I, I think people just see like the millions amount of like scam projects or like, just it's all like pump and dump type of stuff like that just like doesn't work. And it's like, oh, people are, or people just like don't like the art. And so they don't get it like this digital style art, they just also just don't get it. So I think, I think what I would just tell them is like, either start looking into more projects and find something really specific to you that you like and see who's operating in that space so you can learn about it from something you're interested in or just like or just kind of be patient until like things hash out right now like like we're doing we're just working a lot and waiting uh till we get everything right to launch it instead of just like trying to catch that wave that that happened um earlier like this year and into last year um yeah, I don't know. I think it's and like the metaverse thing too is because that's that's when people get really freaked out about. It. It's like I don't want to be living in VR. It's like I don't think that's what it is. I think it's all this. All these things are just kind of coming together. It's like this is how I kind of explain it to people. It's like, well, the you know metaverse is just like our existence online, and it's just becoming better. And there's going to be more ownership to it, and there's going to be more things you can do, and VR will be a part of it for sure um which is cool but like also freaks some people out but it doesn't have to be a part of what the metaverse is so i think it's just like you'll have more things you can do and more power more ownership more freedom and cool things you can do on online that is um it'll and it'll like it'll align with whatever your interests are i think a lot of people just don't have interest in what is popular right now in in crypto and nft space I also got to commend you for, you know, obviously you having a background in design and apparel, but, you know, not so many people. And like you said, the people are afraid of, you know, NFTs and crypto because they hear about all the scams and the rug pulls. And a lot of the founders of projects, they're not doxxed. You know, you don't know what they look like. They're very just anonymous. But you, you know, you click on OpenSea, you click on the link, it goes to your Twitter. You know, it's like the face, you know, behind the name. And, you know, you have the validity of your credentials, you know, who you worked with, Cardi B, Kanye. So it's like you have all that reputation to back you up. And obviously, you you're still building regardless of market conditions. So it doesn't matter if things are up or down. You're still going to be building, building your dream, building your product, and that's reassuring for a lot of people that they see that that okay, the founders building, they're actually building true product utility. And uh, I know who I know who it is. I, I see him go on Spaces. I physically see the guy speak. Like you're on our podcast right now, and I feel like there's a lack of that in the NFT and crypto space currently which is drawing a lot of people away. So I got to just tip my hat to you, commend you on, you know, all the stuff you do. And so. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. I think, I think that was, that was something we were like kind of thoughtful about it. Cause uh, when me and Ben were talking, Ben's the, like he had kind of had the idea to start, start Melon um, from like the NFT end of it. Uh, 
when we were talking, we were like, okay, well, maybe I should be this like uh, unknown, like yeah, mysterious exactly. designer thing or whatever. And then it's like, okay, that'd be cool. And it'll be cool because then I can do my own stuff and not be attached to it. But then it's like, okay, there's a lot, there's a lack of trust. People already kind of have familiarity with my work and all that. And I already kind of have a following. It'd be hard to start a following. So it's like, it, it just makes sense to like, um, to do that. I think, um, it was kind of an easier, easier choice and to like, just be upfront and it makes things a lot easier and less like uncertain for people that are interested in like buying shoes or, or the digital art and stuff like that. What was your explanation to like your parents or I don't know, obviously if you have like a significant other when you're like, yo, I just sold a fucking shoe for $4,000. I still don't know how to explain it to them, to my parents, but like, I don't even know how to explain to myself sometimes. It's just like, like, why did that happen? I I don't get it. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, the way, the only way I've kind of explained it to people is like, okay, well, this is a, a way someone can support an artist or a designer and they can have ownership of this thing that instead of like, you know, just, um, you know, donating money or something or buying some of their stuff, it's a way they can buy something, but also in the long run, I believe in as artists, I think that we're going to be successful. And so down the line when they're successful, now I have this thing that could, you know, even bring value to me. So it's like, uh, that's not necessarily the reason why someone, you know, supports an artist or designer, but it's another incentive to support, uh, and another way to support and invest, like invest in a designer. That's kind of the way I saw it. And that's how I was explaining it to like, my parents, I guess, but I still like, it's so hard to explain this stuff to like, cause even I, I'll explain it too. And then someone will, and then they'll ask a question. I'm like, Fuck, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's just like, just give it time. It'll, it'll make sense. I, <laughs> I can definitely relate. Cause it's like, I used to tell my parents about like NFTs and crypto and my mom used to be like, is that real? Like you can actually buy stuff with it. And then like, I'll send her like, for example, some Ethereum, right? She's yeah. like, so do I have to spend it inside this app or like, how do I make this in my bank account? And it's like a lot of people are still in that situation. Like you're paying how much for a picture? Like, and that picture gets you what access? Like, it's so funny still to see so. Yeah. When I quit my job, I used to work at a law firm and I quit and I started working at Seed Phrase. Um, and I tried to explain it to my mom and she was like, are you going to go to jail? Like, is this illegal? <laughs> Are you stealing money? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's, that's like general public sentiment right now with like this whole new world is that it's like filled with scammers and hackers. And, you know, I think that's similar to like, I know this is like a, a moot point, but when the internet first came out, people didn't want to put their credit card on a website and buy something because they were getting hacked. But, you know, the technology develops, it advances, it becomes more secure. That's natural. Um, But I want to run it back for a second, because we totally skipped over, like, you know, the apex is like, Kanye recognized, you're working with Cardi B, your designs are like, innovative, they're getting recognized, your NFT collection sold out, Um, you're working on new projects. But how did you get there? Like, Tell me a little bit about like the journey upwards and did you have this vision or did it just kind of happen over time? It definitely happened over time. I did not like, I wasn't even necessarily interested in like in sneakers or let alone like, like fashion or anything like that. Um, I have always like drawn, done art, painted all that kind of stuff and like really loved it. Um, And so when I went to school, uh, I went to Purdue and studied industrial design because it seemed like the perfect match of like making things and then also art and design and stuff like that. So um, I went to for industrial design and there a lot of the stuff was like, uh, you know, most of the projects were like designing uh, like toys for kids or like uh, appliances or like housewares or, or what, you know, anything but like shoes. And then I found out about the Pencil Footwear Design Academy, which now is like a whole like university. Um, And I think it's in Detroit now. Um, It was a school founded by like a former Nike, like Jordan footwear designer, Dwayne Edwards. Um, So I found out about that. uh, Like that was a school, like a a small academy in Portland. They had these uh, online like sneaker design contests where you just had to sketch a sneaker, submit it. 
And if you win, like they make your shoe, sell them in Foot Locker and there's some like prize money or whatever. Um, and so I just was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know you could design shoes. Not thinking like, oh, shoe is a product that fits in product design, which is what I'm studying. Um, so I started submitting like sketches to this contest and I got in to like the top 64 and it's like a, it's like a bracket style. Like everyone votes until there's like a, a one winner. Um, and I, I never won the contest, but I did it like every year for like three years. And it started getting me on Instagram and sharing my sketch to get more people to vote. And I started finding other designers and, and footwear designers. I'm like, oh, okay, this is like a thing. And then now I'm talking to a guy that works at Puma or Reebok or whatever. Um, and then, so it's, it's basically just like a combination of, of doing these like online contests and taking a class at the pencil Academy and just connecting with people on Instagram. And then I worked my way into an internship or a, yeah, an internship at Columbia Sportswear that ended. And then I got an apprenticeship at Reebok and then I w- and then that turned into a full-time job. And then it took me to like to where I'm now, but the, um, the apprenticeship thing was also sketchy because like toward the end of it was in the middle of 2020 when no one's hiring the world, like still shut down. Like it was that summer. So it was like lucky. It's like lucky and had to like work my ass off just to make sure I could hold it, hold that into a full-time position until things like got back to normal and uh, that worked out. So yeah, that's kind of like how I got to, to where I am. So I was at, and I was at Reebok for like two and a half years and then I uh, got the call from Kanye and I was like, all right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Did he fly you out to LA to like work with him there? Yeah. So that was a interesting story. I, I, I can't get in like too many of the, the details <laughs> of it, but like I, I, I had a lot of like phone calls and, and stuff like that with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly, because I was just also it, the whole thing was kind of remote um, working because he's he's all over the place too, and it was a different situation. I wasn't like working for Yeezy, so yeah, uh, there was a plan to like I I flew out to LA to meet him. It just like there's a bunch of scheduling conflicts. Tried to make it work, and it just didn't work out. Um, so we just stayed communicating over the phone. But I the closest I got to like meeting him was. Uh, I got to go to the uh, the Sunday some one of his Sunday service shows, which is pretty nice. cool. Uh, and I saw him there, but I, you know he's so busy and he had you know times with his his kids and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't get I didn't get to meet him, but um, most of the communication again was like just over the phone. Yeah, uh, which works out. You know that's how a lot of people are working now anyway from design. So what's the next big big thing you're like excited for? Any like partnerships with like concepts or like some local brands or what do you got cooking up? Uh, nothing big on like partnerships or anything. We're just kind of trying to do our own thing with Melon. And then like, I'm going to start tapping into, um, uh, working on my own kind of line of footwear or even just a single like design and just putting it out there. Cause I want to start selling stuff. I have a lot of like a lot of concepts out there and not a lot of like actual products. So I want to start making stuff for myself. Um, uh, I will say one of the, the most exciting things now is just working with, um, Zellerfeld and Zellerfeld is a 3d printing company uh, for footwear out in Germany. And that's who, that's who we're like working with um, for melon and other 3d printed stuff. Um, But it's like, it's such a cool like uh, model they have over there because as a designer, I can 3d model something, send that to them. And then, so they have the, you know, the design ready to go. They, you know, a lot of development to make sure it works and can print and all that kind of stuff. But then um, as an independent designer, I can send them my design. People can order a pair and it's made to order. Like they just like, if I sell 10 pairs of shoes, I can still profit as a designer. Like I can still get those shoes out there. I don't have to like invest in um, like a a thousand or 10,000 pair run at a factory and open molds for every single size. Like they have, they have an app on their phone where it's, you know, you put your phone on the ground, hover your foot over it, scans your foot, it makes a 3D model of your foot. And, it, and like it takes the design and it tweaks it to every single person's foot. So it's the exact fit. It's like ergonomic and actually designed for your foot. So it's just so many crazy things like that. Like that's what I'm, I think, most excited for, just working with them and getting some of that those shoes out there. Um, we also, we're also planning to be at um, ComplexCon in LA in, in, in November 
So we'll have a booth there and hopefully some like shoes that people can try on for sure. Oh yeah. I have a friend of mine runs a dot soul. I don't know if you've heard of them. That sounds familiar. I probably yeah. do. Yeah. They run a bunch of sneaker events. Um, I should probably make an intro with you and him. I think you guys probably have something in common that you can work on for sure. So yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. But it's funny. Cause like, um, it's like I had, I got lucky and got cool projects even at Reebok. Like I did that. I didn't, again, didn't get to meet her, but worked on the Cardi B shoe, the, the classic leather one with a, another designer, Mark, uh, Mark uh, Brousseau, who's at Adidas now. But um, it's like I got to work on that and then the whole the Kanye thing and all this stuff in it. But it's kind of cool that my the most exciting thing is like I get to work on like my own thing, my own brand or my own whatever. So like I'm sure like I've definitely like w- want to work with other people and partnerships and all that stuff. But like the the ex- most exciting thing I think now is just is Melon and then working on my like personal brand for sure. That's awesome. No, I was going to say, so obviously you're, like I said, you're a pioneer earlier, but what would be your, like your best advice for other creators and, you know, whether they're young or whatever time of point of time in their, they are in their life, what would be the best advice you can give someone if they're trying to step into the NFT or web three space of design? Um, I would probably advise them to like definitely take time and understand the space and figure out like, uh, a realistic way that would work for you. Because if you are a newer designer and you're thinking, I got to rush and make this project and get an NFT project out there and, and just do it because it's, it's happening now. That's probably not the best way to go about it. Like you, you maybe have to even wait a year or two or whatever to like put your work out and build a following. I've, I've been putting stuff on my Instagram since like 2016 or 2017 and it's like built up to what it is now because I started then. Um, so I think it's just like, get the, I would just build up something, get your work to a point where you're like happy with it and like would be like happy selling it as an NFT project or even a physical link to an NFT project. Um, yeah. So I think for like, yeah, younger, newer designers, just like, just like, I guess just be patient with it, but like also work, (laughs) work really hard on it. Like, don't like think take patience and time is just waiting for it. Like just, yeah. yeah, I would just give it time. Yeah. I think what you do very well is um, even though your designs are innovative and different and edgy, they still communicate really well. Like when I'm looking at them, I still get the concept. And sometimes I'm looking at fashion. I'm like, I don't get this or I don't get this design, but you do a good job at like communicating, but you're not even really, you're not saying anything explicitly, but you still are able to communicate this vision and this design. Um, and I was looking at your TikTok and like you do a great job with content creation and just like showing the process. And I'm wondering, did you have you noticed um, a difference in like posting on social media about your designs, about your um, projects? Like, does that impact your success? Um, like you mean just uh, just po- just just posting like like content like impact my success. Yeah, just posting content like is that a necessary element in de- in like creating a brand? Yeah, I think um, I think I don't think posting your work to social media is necessary if you want you know if you want to work at Adidas or Nike or Reebok right. and just have you know have a design job. But if you want to have like your own personal brand or or even free just want to be a freelance designer. You got to like, you got to start coming up with different ways to share the same ideas. Like I, there might be like seven or eight TikToks of the same design, but like, here's the process. Here's me sketching it. Here's me making it in VR. Here's a mixed, mixed reality version of the video to communicate exactly how I'm like, or kind of like giving you a, a fake way of how I'm making it in VR um, or just like still images, different renders and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely like, it's, I mean, it's been huge for getting my, um, my name out there, my work out there, eyes on it. Um, yeah. How about fashion collectibles, fashion? Do you plan on getting into there too? Or, well, I know you said fashion, obviously, but collectibles, I feel like your shoes can turn into collectibles one way or another. Um, I mean, like, I, I'm not sure, like if the project that we're making with like melon will be like a more of a collectible thing. Cause obviously there's going to be, um, the value with it, with like being a membership pass, it'll get you discounts on, on future melon drops. And uh, if we do apparel or, or any, any sort of other things or events. Um, 
I think this will be, I think the projects we're doing uh, will kind of be collectibles in a way because like we're spending a ton of time rendering all these different, like, like thousands of different designs with different textures and different colors and, and some more like uh, more unique or like crazy or conceptual than the others. And I, and like, so every single one of them, so there'll be like um, uh, 10,000 of them and like every single one of them will be completely unique whether it's a different color, texture, material, the design of the shoe. So there's like, there's like 30 something different designs like that. Some of them are, you can see on like our, on Instagram account and uh, they'll all have like different like traits and stuff like that. So I think it'll be collectible in that way. Um, But I don't know, like, is there, is there a difference of uh, like a collectibles project versus like a, I don't know, more like fully like, fully just utility project. Like, I don't know. How do you, how do you see that? Like the, what I just described, does that sound like a collectibles thing or is that more of like a, I need this member pass to support this brand and I want to have this like forever type of thing. Yeah. I think it's a hybrid of both. Right. Cause the way it's like, you take a look at it, it's like you're either a utility or you're a collectible or you're a PFP. I think like, I think what you guys are doing is definitely a hybrid and the idea of like having custom shoes. Right. And like think about Yeezys, but I can customize my own easy. Right. It's like, like that's what you guys are building and i think that in a sense is obviously uh a mix of both and i love it i love the idea because like i remember when i was younger like i used to like to customize shoes on nike right i don't know if they still do it anymore but i don't think they push it so it's like the way i see it now is like wow i have an nft and i can turn my nft and customize it into you know the end picture of what i want it to look like and still be a part of this big brand it's like you know what i'm interested like sign me up gotcha when I think of collectible, I think of something that is just going to have value or significance for a long period of time, like 80 years from now, or hundred years from now, it's going to mean something. It's like, Oh, wow. You, it's like, it's like a baseball card, right? Like of a famous player. It's like, you're holding that. It's like, wow, you're holding something of importance and it, it, it's timeless. So that's how I look at collect, collectibles. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of see my first project, like the, the gravity footwear one as, as that, because it was, it was super experimental. Like I didn't know what to give them. I, I didn't have shoes to give them. I couldn't print shoes for them or anything like that. So I was like, I didn't like over promise or say anything about it. I was just like, here's some cool digital concepts, like, and people bought them and they liked them. And so I think they're, I think those are naturally just collectible in that way. But at the same time, you know, if I, if I put out my own shoe and it kind of is inspired by that collection, you know, now I can be like, okay, well, anyone who has this collection, you get first dibs at the shoe or even a discount or whatever. So it's like, I can still go back and give that collectible thing some, some value. Cause like for how much people are spending on them, I'm like, I got to get you a pair of shoes. man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sneakerheads, like that's what they do. They buy a pair of shoes and they wrap them up and they put it up on their wall and they never wear them. So I feel like you're in the right place. Um, like I would totally buy, if you made this as a real product, I would totally buy that bubble one and just have it as a cool sculpture, like in my room. Like all, it almost reminds me of like, like Hajime Soriyama sculptures, like metaphysical pieces. I really like that idea. But um, so we want to wrap this up and how we wrap up every podcast is that we play our version of Fuck, Mary Kill. So we're going to ask you, um, what is a pro- NFT project that you would hodl forever, one that you would flip, and one that you would never touch with a 10-foot pole? Oh, man. I'm like <laughs> not super familiar with a ton of projects, but let me... Th- it could be a crypto coin. It could be an NFT project. Yeah. Whatever floats I feel like or a metaverse yeah oh man i feel like i might be giving you like super super basic answers but just because i'm like not like super deep in it but like i feel like the like the 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 board ape thing seems like it's cemented Mm -hmm. in like culture however it is it seems like it is it's here to stay so i'll I'll do that with the hold hold forever um trying to think of if you really want to spice it up we can just say companies you would work with and you wouldn't yeah I will say, wait, so, so it's, it's hold, flip, or, or hold, not touch. Flip and never touch. Yeah, you'd never want to be a part of it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the one I would never touch and apologize to them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
I'm like really struggling with this. <laughs> yeah, like I'll tell you, for example, earlier today or last podcast we did, um, they would hold doodles, they would flip an Azuki, and they would never touch like a project that is just looks like a copycat of another project, right? And then we had somebody say like they would hold ETH forever, they would flip like a Solana coin, and they would never touch Cardano, for example. All right, I feel like I would flip like, like Doge or something because like I'll just wait till Elon does something crazy and make that spike. Yeah, exactly. I'll hold, I'll hold like um, oh let me let me switch my hold forever. The 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 Gary the V friends. Yeah. Like that one. Like yes. that one's in, in stone, and then the one I would never touch. Oh man, I just don't, I'm not like familiar with like bad ones. I don't know. I maybe I can just give a generic answer. Just anytime I see any like uh, alliteration of an animal and then some descriptor thing, like I don't know. Every time, every time I see that, I'm like, this is no. Yeah. <laughs> animals that look like they're tripping on Molly, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my, I, it was a long trip to a, a short answer, but I, I think I pulled it out. No, I feel I feel like our previous podcast uh, for the Never Would Touch was a very similar answer. I feel like you guys are very PR trained, you know, just like you know, oh the the ones that are just uh, the rug pulls. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I like, I mean, I'll just be honest. Like, I don't have, I haven't like because I've spent so much time working on like the, our own project and all this stuff, like. I haven't had time to like dive into like discords and all that and mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like I'm really only familiar with like really, really familiar with uh, ones that I've liked. So I haven't paid attention to the ones I don't. So like, I mean, maybe if I had an answer, I, I don't know if I would say it or not, but like, I, I really can't think of something that I'm like, this is stupid. Stay away from it. Like, but I, th- I think that's a good talking point for you. Whenever you talk about your projects, like I'm working so hard about my own stuff. I, <laughs> I can't stop the noise. I don't even listen to anyone else. Like, I feel like that's a good uh, pitch point for you right there. Well, oh, I will say like another one that I, I've liked that I, I'll probably flip at some point, but like if it, if it, uh, maybe it's, I've had it too long for it to be a, a flip, but the atom bombs, cause like, I'm really familiar with like the hundreds, mm-hmm. Bob hundreds and that. So I, I got, I got a couple of those. Um, yeah, me too, actually. I, they, don't aren't they dropping like some more merch, or they already did, right? For for holders, um, I think they already did some. I'm sure they're doing. Yeah, more. they've done some merch for holders. It's a dope brand, like Bobby. Yeah, like the hundred. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a cool hold, honestly. It's like I don't even mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's those things. I I think I could like sell it now and it'd be a flip of like triple what I bought it for. So it's like, eh, I'll flip it. I can't hand. really, I actually bought that one specifically a half an ETH when ETH was like 3000 and I've just been holding it since. I do yeah. get a lot of offers on it though. I get a lot of offers on it surprisingly. Yeah, yeah, same. I've gotten some good free merch from it. I've gotten a ledger from it, been to parties from it. So I guess you can say it, it equaled out what I paid for. Nice. But cool, Joey, thank you so much for having us or for, <laughs> thank you so much for <laughs> on with us here it was a great uh episode we're looking forward to uh keep an eye on what else you got coming out with uh uh your brands and melanin and uh yeah excited to keep uh this relationship going here awesome thanks for having me guys it was, it was fun yeah thanks for coming and where can people follow you where should they follow you uh yeah it's uh so like instagram is like joey camus design and there's like an underscore between joey and there's joey underscore camus underscore design it's the same on tiktok uh, I think it's the same Joey Camus design on Twitter. Um, I don't think I got anything else. Um, you can find my website from there, but that's less important. I think uh, Instagram is my main thing. So yeah, we'll ping you under. As always, share the video, share the knowledge. Never share your seed phrase. We're out. Peace.